Food Heals Nation, what have you been doing lately when it comes to truly caring for your skin? Have you tried any of the light therapy facials or the LED masks? I've shared on this show how I use lasers to completely remove my brown spots in the past, and I love anything that can help me with wrinkles or blemishes or redness or scars. I find a lot of great products on YouTube that I test out, and I've just discovered a new brand. It's called Lima, and when you see the before and afters on YouTube, you're going to be a convert too. They are changing the way that you care for your skin on actually a profoundly scientific level. This is the Lima laser. It's the world's most powerful clinic grade cosmetic laser device and the only laser FDA cleared for at home use. Why this is important is because I was spending, I'm not going to tell you how much, way too much money years ago when I was getting rid of those brown spots when I was really healing my skin. And now This same type of technology is available at home, and I'm here for it. I am so excited. So this is a near-infrared laser light that penetrates deep into the dermis, simultaneously working on your fat, muscle, and bone to give you like a non-surgical facelift. It transforms your skin. It helps skin issues like wrinkles, sagging, blemishes, pigmentation, redness, breakouts, and scars. And it does this with zero damage, zero pain, and zero downtime. And I remember the lasers that I used to do, they did have some downtime, so this is great. Make sure to check out some of the before and after photos on the website so you can see what I'm talking about. They have YouTube videos too. But the reason it's groundbreaking is it uses that near-infrared low-level light technology, which is completely cold and painless, and it's 100 times more powerful than an LED. And the craziest part is you can even use it with a full face of makeup. So check it out for yourself. Visit lima.life. L is for live. Y is for younger. M is for masterful. A is for approved, and learn more about the Lima Laser. If you're interested in trying one today, you can sign up for their newsletter. Tell them that Food Heals sent you, and please let me know if you order one. I want to hear about your results. Again, it's lima.life, L-Y-M-A dot life. Y'all, oh my God, Food Heals Nation, I just got the softest sheets and pajama set from Cozy Earth, and I had to go and get you a discount code too, so that you could experience the coziness as well. You can visit CozyEarth.com, use the promo code FOODHEALS, and you'll get an exclusive 35% off. So Cozy Earth, it's like your one-stop shop for what they call the luxury she deserves. So listen up, guys because this could make a great gift for that special someone, your girlfriend, your wife, the mother in your life. And don't forget, Mother's Day will be here before we know it. So get a gift for the mom or moms. Here's a nice little gift you could ask for. Anyways, let's start with the sheets to transform your sleep. The coolest thing about Cozy Earth Bedding is that it is temperature regulating. So you stay cool, which is so important when you're sleeping. Plus they are just so soft. It feels like I'm sleeping on a cloud. Plus I love the cozy earth quality and longevity promise. All products come with a 100 night sleep trial and a 10 year warranty. So incorporating cozy earth products into your self-care routine can enhance your sleep quality and just overall wellness. So Again, this is the luxury you deserve. You can treat yourself to the ultimate in comfort and indulgence with Cozy Earth bedding and sleepwear and prioritize your self-care and sleep health. And while you're at it, don't forget to check out the Bamboo Pajama Set. It was awarded Oprah's Favorite Things in 2019, so you know it's good. I love the softness and breathability of the fabric, and it has these really great side pockets. And don't forget that by supporting our sponsors, you support this show. Head over to CozyEarth.com, use the promo code FOODHEALS for an exclusive 35% off, and go get your mom the luxury she deserves on Mother's Day at CozyEarth.com with promo code FOODHEALS. Ready to end emotional eating, drop the body shame, and lose the weight for good? Get my free course, Five Steps to Food Freedom, at freeweightlosscourse.com. How I was eating and relating to food was a reflection of like unhealed trauma. I'm just more equipped. I've just learned skills now on how to process and how to manage. 
Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Heals nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put down the Ben and Jerry's, get off the couch, and take a walk outside. If you experience any of these symptoms, tell your Facebook friends immediately. All right. Welcome, Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining me. I'm Allison Melody. Today, I've got a really exciting guest. She's author of the brand new book, Vegan Buddha Bowls, which the cover is so pretty. I'm so impressed by all the beautiful pictures in her book. She's a body wisdom consultant. She's a passionate coach who guides women into being the most confident, vibrant versions of themselves by helping them leave behind dieting, disordered eating, and body shame. And she really helps people reconnect to the wisdom of their own bodies and show up more powerfully in every area of our lives. Yes, she's a woman. After my own heart, our missions are so much in alignment. So I'm really excited to share my interview with Kara Safeli with you today. Check out her brand new book on Amazon, in stores, wherever you get your books, Vegan Buddha Bowls. But first, have you ever gone days without getting good sleep? It's so frustrating. You feel tired all day, dragging yourself to and from work, and when you finally get back home and into bed, you just lie there awake all night again. Americans are spending $50 billion a year on sleeping pills, and the irony is is that those pills, those sleeping pills, don't let you get that rejuvenating rest, that REM sleep that you need. That's why the superior nutrition provided by Organifi Gold can help in so many ways. First of all, it's delicious. You've heard me talk about it before, but also it helps you experience deep sleep so you can wake up refreshed and rested and just feel rejuvenated in the morning. It even soothes your aching muscles and helps you relax after a long day. It helps stiff joints feel young again. And it's chock full of healing ingredients like their reishi mushroom and turkey tail mushroom, which are two of the most powerful superfoods to reduce inflammation and enhance your sleep. And like I said, it tastes divine. Food Heals Nation, you have backed me up on this. I have gotten your emails where you're like, yes, it tastes so good. There's literally nothing better than a warm cup of Organifi Gold before bed. It's really easy to make and you just mix the powder in with hot water or hot milk and curl up with some Netflix and chill right before bed. And of course, you know, we scored an exclusive discount code on Organifi Gold for you. Go to OrganifiShop.com and use the coupon code FOODHEALS to get 20% off your first first order. And quick money and time-saving tip, put your Organifi Gold on auto ship so you never have to worry about running out. Go to OrganifiShop.com and use the coupon code FOODHEALS to get 20% off your first order. The Food Heals Podcast starts now. Today's guest is a passionate coach guiding women into the most confident, vibrant versions of themselves. Please welcome Kara Safeli. Hi, Allison. It's so great to be here. Thank you. I'm so glad to have you. Yeah. So take us back and let us know, like, how did you get started in this world? You've got your beautiful book here, which I'm so excited for. You're teaching people to get healthy. How did it all begin? The first dot that got me to where I am here was developing an eating disorder. Mm -hmm. So when I was around the age 14, 15, I went on my first diet because I was afraid of like getting cellulite. My mm. mom dieted. We had like slim fast in the house. And right. It was always about like removing carbs and losing weight. And I became really afraid of gaining weight. And I started to realize that like people were paying attention to my body and making comments and like, oh, people are looking. This matters. Mm-hmm. And so I started to casually like restrict my food. It seemed kind of harmless at first, mm-hmm. but in combination with this like insecurity that I had growing up, like normal insecurities, like wanting to fit in with the popular girls, right. wanting boys to like me. It was like normal insecurities combined with my parents going through a really difficult divorce and my home life being really unstable. This is a lot, yeah. Yeah. I turned to food to kind of control. I wanted to like control my body so that people would like me and I wanted to control food because it was accessible. It really quickly turned into a coping mechanism. Yeah. 
growing up. Like I wanted to be loved. I wanted to be liked. And I felt like my way to do that was to be like the thinnest and the prettiest. I thought like that was my way of feeling good enough. And my relationship with food just massively spiraled out of control. Eventually getting to a place where I would try really hard like not to eat all day Mm -hmm. or like just have coffee and an apple and like two tablespoons of peanut butter. And that like very quickly rebounded into binge eating. And the fear of weight gain, the fear of my body not looking a certain way Mm -hmm. triggered the purging. So I developed bulimia. And I had this eating disorder in secret, in private. Like I had gotten so good at hiding it and Mm -hmm. keeping it to myself and sneaking around that when I finally like said, hey, I actually have a problem. I need help. People were like, oh, we just thought you were the healthy one. Right. Because a lot of times people equate being thin with healthy. Yeah. And just being controlled. Like, oh, everyone's ordering the pizza and I'm ordering the salad. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, I'm just really taking care of my health. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. And for a lot of people, that's something that they need to do for where they're at in their life. And for me at the time, it was actually very disordered. It was very restrictive, very controlling. And then I'd go home in secret and like lock myself in my room with like Oreos Mm -hmm. and every, you know, fun food under the sun and like binge and purge. It was like really disordered. But on the outside, you couldn't tell. Like I was the healthy one again, like playing sports, exercising, going to yoga, like all these great things. And I still do them now. I just am no longer knee deep in an eating disorder. I'm no longer basing my worth on my weight. I'm actually like doing these things because they feel good and because I like them. So that was the first big dot was the eating disorder. Mm -hmm. And I got to a rock bottom where like it was hard to go to work. It was hard to just be in life because I was so fixated and hyper-focused on food and thinking about it all the time. And How old were you? From age 15 to 25, Mm -hmm. but I started the healing process around 22, Mm -hmm. 21, 22. So I had hit a rock bottom. I had this very cool job in LA that looked really awesome from the outside, but on the inside, I was like a mess, so Mm -hmm. broken, so depressed, so lonely, and thinking about food all day long and hating my body. And I realized that I was either going to die or get better. I had hit the bottom. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I need to get better. I really want to get better. I want to feel good. I'm like sick of this. I'm exhausted. So I found personal development work and also at the same time found plant-based eating Mm -hmm. by like some serendipitous, you know, something happened, the universe, whatever. I stumbled upon documentaries on Netflix. So I watched Food, Inc., Mm -hmm. And that, like, introduced me to Michael Pollan. And then I found the China study. Yeah. And I became passionate about what it represented. Mm -hmm. So before finding plant-based eating, for me, food was just what can I eat, what can I not eat, in what amounts so that I can lose weight and, like, be perfect. All control. Uh All control. Yeah. And I was incredibly afraid of carbs because I grew up in, like, the Atkins era. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So so it was, like, cheese and meat and that's it. And, like, nothing else is okay. Maybe some salad. You can't even eat fruit. And this guy died of a heart attack, by the way. (laughs) Did he? (laughs) Funny. So that was my upbringing. Like, it was, like, Atkins. And so when I found plant-based eating, it was radical for me because it was, like, high-carb eating. And I was like, oh, like I can eat a sweet potato. This is okay. Right. Yeah. Mind blowing for me at the time. <laughs> I was like, I can eat apples and like, it's okay. Like it was such a mind shift perspective shift for me. Fruits and vegetables might heal my body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that it was okay to like eat potatoes or okay to eat rice or okay to have uh-huh. like some oatmeal, like mm-hmm. all of these things that I was so afraid of all of a sudden they but were a sugary slim fast. <laughs> Why not? I had that. I mean, I remember slim fast in college. It was the thing. And we were like, slim fast. And then we would do slim fast and subway diet. I mean, can you imagine? <laughs> I mean, we had Jared, you know, Jared. Jared. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I started to cook, right? Like I got introduced to cooking and I got really inspired by the environmental component. Like, oh, I could eat this way and it's better for the planet. I got really inspired by like farmer's markets, living in Southern California, Mm -hmm. shopping locally. I got really enraged with what I learned about the food industry, about factory farms, about crop subsidies that were influencing the cost of foods, you know, making a Twinkie more cheaper than a carrot. Mm -hmm. 
And I got really angry, so angry that it turned into passion. And the reason why it was so transformative for me was because for the first time in a really long time, I wasn't angry at myself. I wasn't angry at my body. I wasn't so focused on trying to solve the problem that I thought was me and my body. All of a sudden, I had this really big, large problem outside of myself that I was like, wow, I want to be an activist. Wow, I want to help be a part of the change. I want to actively participate in like what I believe in. It became other consciousness. I was always so self-conscious and all of a sudden I had this other consciousness, this much larger, bigger problem. And it was incredibly transformative for me. I think often, especially as women were told not to get angry Mm -hmm. and to like be a nice girl and control ourselves and don't be emotional. But getting angry about what I was learning through all of those documentaries and all these different books, that anger got me out of guilt and shame. Yeah. And it was so transformative and so healing. And I'm sure I would have eventually healed from my eating disorder, but I didn't seek traditional eating disorder treatment, like not inpatient, outpatient Mm -hmm. therapy. I did personal development. But I truly believe that had I not found a passion for plant-based eating and wanting to be a part of the change that I wanted to see, I'm not sure if I would have healed or how I would have found healing. Like it played a huge role. And you know what I think? It's like the suppression of emotion, whether it is anger or sadness or whatever it may be, is what very often leads to the disordered eating. And so when we find an outlet for our passion, and passion can be anger. Passion can be sadness, right? My passion is derived out of losing my parents to cancer. I've got anger. I've got sadness. I've got all depression. I've got all the things, right? So passion can come from all these things, but suppression of the emotion is what very often leads to the weight gain, the disordered eating, all the things. And once we are able to express those emotions in whatever capacity works for us, that is when we can heal our food addictions. Would that be accurate for you? Yeah. From my personal experience, so much of my physical behaviors around food, like what was happening with how I was eating and relating to food, so much of that was a reflection of like unhealed trauma, unhealed emotion. So like my parents arguing and fighting and verbally abusing each other and Mm. my family splitting up and losing our home and massive falling outs with girlfriends at school, like traumatic things happening. And I didn't know how to process the emotions. Of course. I didn't know how to feel the emotions. They don't teach grief (laughs) in in school. (laughs) No. I feel like my eating disorder was a physical manifestation of all of my numbing, my escaping, Mm -hmm. my avoidance, my like not being willing to feel or not knowing how to feel or not knowing how to express myself. Yeah. It's even possible that part of why I got so angry about the plant-based eating was maybe it was also an expression of all the other things I was angry about that I couldn't verbalize. For sure. That's the first time I've thought about that right now, but that's totally (laughs) possible. Yeah. Well, it's like, okay, think about this. Let's say you're angry about something or you're suppressing something and then you're in traffic and you're like, ah, you cut me off, you a-hole, blah, blah, blah. Well, are you really mad at the guy or is there just something else? Exactly. And so the same with passion. Like you can get super passionate about something and it also is letting you have an outlet for all the things you didn't deal with from your childhood trauma. And that's okay. As long as you're letting it out, it's going to heal. So I think it's very powerful to recognize that. Yeah. Another example to build upon it, I just got this haircut and I was really, it's growing on me. I had really (laughs) long hair like three days ago, four days ago. And the hairstylist just like went a little shorter than we had talked about. And so I was so angry about it, really angry. And I was like, it's just a haircut. Like, it'll grow out. It's fine. Like, Kara, what are you so pissed off about? And maybe I was pissed off about something else. But it was like, I went to the stairs, the Santa Monica stairs, and I like, got in a stairs. good workout and like worked yeah. it out and like got the anger out of my system, yeah. you know? <laughs> like, I love that. I've totally been there where it's like, it's a temporary situation, but you're like, I know this is going to go away like a haircut. But in the moment, I'm not okay with it. It's okay not to be okay with it. As long as you recognize it and instead of turning to an addiction that may be food addiction, overeating, or not eating as a form of control, you go, I recognize this. I'm upset about this. I'm going to let this out in whatever way I can so that I can be in a place of peace and not in a place of like, I'm going to turn to food or turn against food, let's say. Yeah. Or like any other type of avoidance or numbing addictive behavior. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, Like scrolling on your phone is an addict. Like I was listening to some local LA news thing while I was driving and they were like, are you addicted to your smartphone and every symptom I was like 
who doesn't have this? And it was like, do you reach for your phone as soon as you wake up and before you go to bed? Do you get anxiety if your phone loses battery while you're out? Just like all of these little things. And everyone I would think in my social circle would say yes. And that's an addiction. So we're forming addictions we don't even know about. I know so many people addicted to sugar because I was a sugar addict. So I understand what that looks like. We have all of these addictions today and they're all avoidance of a feeling. We are trying to avoid a feeling that we don't want to feel. And the solution is if we are willing to go there and feel the feelings and feel the anger and feel the sadness and feel, I'm mad at you, mom. I'm mad at you, brother. Whoever pissed us off and then go, oh, I'm mad at myself. And then let go of that and go, oh my gosh. Then you can have this like clarity, awareness, and peace. And then you don't feel the need to go for the cell phone, go for the sugar, go for the food and numb, Mm -hmm. you know, and the solution is simple, but it takes us working on it. Yes. Simple, but sometimes not easy. Not easy. Confronting, like dealing with your stuff, having those difficult conversations, those confronting conversations, feeling what it is that you're feeling, actually addressing it, talking about it, all of that. Sometimes it's easier to check out with your cell phone or to check out mindlessly on Netflix or to binge eat or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And eventually these behaviors, like they're maladaptive in the end and they don't get to the root of it. Like you said, it's simple. I do think it is simple. Like we're talking about it right now. It's more challenging to do the work, but as someone who's invested a lot of time in that work, I'm like, do it. It's worth it. Yeah. You know? And I apologize. I don't mean to simplify it. I think what it is for me is like, oh, the answer is simple, but the application, we have to take time and do the work and do the emotional work and do the spiritual work and really dive deep into our souls and go, okay, what is it that I can learn from this situation? What is it that I can heal from this situation? And so I'm like writing and meditating and this all takes time. And sometimes I'm type A and I'm like, if I can't cross it off on my to-do list, I can't fit it into my day. So I have to write down in my day, like, okay, Go meditate. Go take a break. Go love yourself. Go work on something. Why are you upset right now? I do write and burn journaling. So I'll nice. write everything I'm mad about and then I burn it and I let it go into the universe, you know? So I have to schedule that as a regular part of my routine so that it gets done. Yeah, I love that. That's <laughs> such a great exercise. I get such gratification from crossing stuff off. That oh, I me will, too. I will already have done it. I'll put it on the list just so I can like draw the line through Girl, it. <laughs> me too. No, I'll make my list and then I'll go do something. I'm like, I didn't put that on the list, but I did it. So I'm going to write it down just so I can cross it yeah. off. Yeah. yeah. It's high achieving, dopamine, yeah. whatever. It feels good. It. it yeah. feels so good. Yeah. So what are some of the things that you do or you have done to really get yourself out of those addictions? Like what are some of the practices that you do on a regular basis? I've consistently invested in my personal growth. So mm-hmm. like whether that's going to different seminars or workshops or hiring a coach. I've worked with a couple of life coaches, going to women's retreats. I always call girlfriends and be like, this is what I'm dealing with. I'm a big meditator. Yes. I love to journal, gratitude journaling. I don't do it every day, but I do my best to do as many of those things every day. So if I don't get to it in the morning, maybe it's like 15 minutes in the afternoon or before I go to bed. Exercise is a big one. And self-expression. Cooking for me is a form of creative self-expression, doing ecstatic dance or like getting dressed up and going to a music festival and like wearing something fuzzy and pink, you know, like all of these things help me maintain this stability level. It's not perfect all the time. I have high highs and low lows too. Addiction to my phone is definitely something I have. Yeah. Partly just because my business is online. I haven't figured out that one yet. (laughs) I can't say I have either. (laughs) As long as we recognize it, it's like, okay, the phone tells you your screen time is down, your screen time is up. So that's actually good for those of us who, yes, we have our businesses on our phone. Yes, I check Facebook for social and friends, but I also check it because I have two Facebook groups that are dedicated to two of my businesses, right? So I have to go in there and answer questions and talk to people and engage. And so there is an addictive quality to that because while you're doing your business, you're also doing your personal because someone tagged you in a photo and you're like, oh, hello, blah, blah, blah. I read a lot of like BuzzFeed articles, just whatever. They know me so well. They know how to keep me on the phone. So I think it's recognizing it and setting a timer. So I don't do this every time, but I know when I'm like, okay, I'm going to go in now and I'm going to answer all of the questions in my private Rise and Bloom Facebook group. And that is for all of my mastermind students who are wellness entrepreneurs building wellness empires. So I'll go in there and I'll say, take 20 minutes and I'll set a timer. And after 20 minutes, if there's still stuff to do in what Rise and Bloom, I will, but usually there's not. And so then if I'm still on social, it's because I got 
flagged <laughs> over here to this tag of a tag. You know, you're tagged in this photo or this person said this and blah, blah, blah. And then I'm just on a scroll. You know, it could go on for hours. So I got to get myself out of that situation and back to what it is I'm trying to do in my day. Yeah, I call it the scroll hole. <laughs> <laughs> like I fell into a scroll hole. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's so good. <laughs> yeah, I'm I've working on like cultivating more discipline and like effective tools and structures so yeah. that I'm not always on social media being like very intentional like okay I'm going on at this time to post my picture and to engage and then I'm closing the app for a few hours right or like I recently just hired an assistant and I'm like okay for 30 minutes a day will you go on and will you just engage for me so yeah. I don't have to <laughs> you know because I will like get stuck all of a sudden I'm like wow an hour went by right whoa <laughs> okay so what you did is you have a healing story and then you made it into a brand and a business you've got your beautiful Instagram you got your amazing book that you brought thank you so much so tell me about that journey and what inspired you to start creating this content for people so that other people could get well yeah I love talking about this stuff Yay. it's really cool to be able to like look back and see that one of the most difficult things of my life has led to one of the best things one of the greatest things mm-hmm. one of the things I enjoy the most it's really cool to look back and connect the dots that way yeah So I think I always had this like inner drive desire to be an entrepreneur or to do something on my own. Mm -hmm. And so my first little like toe in the water of entrepreneurship was quitting my corporate job and opening a restaurant. Cool. Which was very cool, very proud of it, and learned pretty quickly that it wasn't quite it. Mm -hmm. So the hours were insane. It was constant managing the employees having them like come in drunk because we were a breakfast place, breakfast and lunch place. Like, oh, my employees are hungover right now. (laughs) Managing all of that and like being on my feet all day long and the hours, they were just, and in addition to that, it was in Arizona. So I pretty quickly was like, this was an amazing experience. I'm really grateful I did this because now I never have to think, what if? Mm -hmm. Like I did it. I'm glad I tried it. So I sold the restaurant and then I moved back to California But in between finding health coaching, which is what I'm doing now, and selling the restaurant, I had a bit of an emotional breakdown, a Mm. bit of an identity crisis. Because being a high-achieving, like, type A woman, I have definitely found myself attaching my worth to my work. I don't know what you mean. (laughs) I know exactly what that's like. Yeah, to my productivity, Mm -hmm. to the money that I'm making. Mm -hmm. And so I went through a little bit of, like, not a little bit, like a lot of anxiety, a lot of like, what am I doing with my life? Mm -hmm. You know, I just sold my first business and instead of being proud of myself, I was like ashamed that I didn't have something lined up. Mm -hmm. So my dad was like, well, what kind of help do you want to get? And why don't you just like take nutrition classes while you're figuring your life out? I was like 27 at the time. Uh I was like, if you're not going to go to Bali, why don't we go to school? And I was like, okay, cool. (laughs) This sounds perfect. So I started taking some nutrition classes and eventually that turned into finishing a health coaching certification. And I hired my first life coach. And through her coaching me and like really helping me with like what she calls the achievement trap Mm. and getting caught up in just achieving and achieving and achieving through her coaching me and transforming my life so much, I was like, what's this coaching thing about? I want to learn about this. I'm really into health and I had this eating disorder and I think I can help people through this. And she's like, I think you could do this too. Like you could do this as a business. Yeah. So that was where it all started. And I was posting pictures online and talking about like food and recipes and my relationship with food and what helped me find food freedom, all of these things. And like slowly my following grew and I started offering my services and here we are now. Let's go back to the achievement thing because I can relate so much to this. And I think a lot of people can one of the biggest lessons of my life is like celebrate every single moment of achievement because otherwise you go, oh, I accomplished this. Well, now I have to accomplish this. So instead of celebrating, you go on to the next and you don't realize and recognize and appreciate how far you've come because you were based on achievement. So then we're not experiencing happiness in our own lives because we go, well, what's the next thing and what's the next thing? Instead of going, wow, I did this. Let me honor myself for the journey it took me to get here. Let me honor myself for the fact that I wrote a book, like you wrote a book, or whatever it might be. Achievements don't matter if we're not grateful and happy about them, right? Because then we just go, it's like work addiction. And then we just go, you know, type A personality is like, oh, well, that was easy. Let me do the next thing. That was not easy. That was hard. That took a year, you know, or whatever it might be. My biggest thing is like being happy in the moment and being grateful and being appreciative of myself and all of the people, you know, who helped me along the way to get there and not going, oh, 
I did it next. Thank you, next. Mm -hmm. I I feel like it's so easy to get caught up in that, though, especially with Instagram and the comparison trap Mm. and seeing what everyone else is doing and how it always looks better from the outside. You have no idea what's going on behind the scenes. Like I was saying earlier, when I was having my eating disorder, like everything looked great, but little did you know behind the scenes, it was just a mess. And so it's easy to get caught up in that achievement trap. And I've done a lot of work around it to try to separate my identity from it and to celebrate. Because I do agree with you. It's really easy to not celebrate yourself, to not be like, that was awesome, to not like be with that experience. Mm -hmm. We're so quick to be like, what's next? We need another hit. Yeah. So part of that for me is also really trying to separate my like inherent worth mm-hmm. from my external achievements right. because it was the attachment of them that like kept me always like seeking and feeling like I needed to do more and more and more. Mm-hmm. Obviously that's led to burnout in the past. Yeah. So I love that. I definitely think celebrate all the things. For sure. Yeah. Well, let's celebrate your book. Thank you. Tell me everything. Mm, it's called Vegan Bootables and Beautiful pictures. Yes. Jackie Sabone from Vegan Yak Attack took the picture. She did an amazing job. Really, really. She's so talented. Really, really nice. Yeah. I was Alana. Yes. Our mutual friend. Yeah. Our mutual friend. Clean Slate. Clean Slate was like, you should hit up Jackie. Because I Uh like put something on Facebook. I'm like, who... Who takes pictures? And Alana was like, you should hit up Jackie. Yeah, and food styling, right? Like yeah. gorgeously food styled, beautiful pictures, great lighting, great background. Yeah, so the book looks beautiful, largely in part to her photography. And we decided to do vegan bootables because on Instagram, I pretty much like only ever eat out of bowls yeah. and like post pictures of bowls. And I have a hashtag that's bowls by C. So when I was like talking with the publisher, we're like, well, it should be bowls. Like, mm-hmm. this seems to be the most fitting <laughs> thing. And I cook plant-based food. It's, like, what I love. And I don't know. It was a great process. I'm really glad that I, like, did it and had that experience. It's a lot of work to write a cookbook between, like, planning the recipes and yeah. the shopping and the cooking and, like, the cleaning. Like, I've never been more grateful to have a dishwasher in my life. <laughs> like, and I'm just really excited about it. In the cookbook, I tell, like, my story of my eating disorder and, like, how I gave myself permission to, like, eat carbs and to eat sweet potatoes and oh, to eat yeah. fruit. And yeah. yeah, it was a great experience. I'm happy about it. Well, it's a beautiful book, and I love that you include your story and give people permission to eat carbs because I know it's not just you that were taught that. Like, there's a generation of people, you know, who learn low-carb, no-carb, or whatever, and it's like carbs are essential to our health, and every body is different. So some people need high-carb diets. Some people need low-carb diets. Most people can benefit from a plant-based diet. That's just science, let's be honest, it's the most anti-cancer diet that exists. So following, you know, your cookbook will make most people, especially anyone following the standard American diet, definitely healthier. For me, I am not a chef, but we were talking about this before. I think I am an intuitive cook because I can make everything taste good, but I can't follow a recipe to save my life. But that's my life. I take quinoa or rice or some kind of base, or maybe it's, you know, greens. It's usually like vegetables and some delicious sauces or oils or whatever I have on hand. And I make something really delicious and I have a fully balanced meal. And that is the basis of all of my meals. And so this is great because it can teach people how easy this can be. A lot of the feedback that I've gotten so far is that like a lot of them are easy. There's some that are more involved and have a lot of ingredients, but for the most part, they're very easy. And I think that if anything, it's a great place to start if you're not sure what to do, or if you don't have that inherent gift that you have where you're intuitive. Which I think developed, by the way, Okay, you know, over time. I got more intuitive. And making food taste good. And that's a good point. We have an inside joke with my friends about when I first started cooking about how bad it was. I made this soup once and I was like, oh, I'm going to put a lot of bay leaves in it. Like Mm -hmm. I want it to be really good. I'm going to put – and I put so many bay leaves in it that it had like no flavor. Yeah. So now we have an inside joke with my friends. We're like – Kara's cooking. Hope she's not making that soup she made us. Like I was really bad, really bad too. So you can totally learn and develop. Yeah. It's a great place to start and it's a great place to get creative and add your own spin on it or add whatever you have on home. Like it seems like what I've heard from people who have the book, it's easy to substitute. Like, oh, I didn't have this, but I had this and it worked out great. Right. Which is awesome. It's flexible and yeah, intuitive cooking is awesome. I wonder, have you tried to write recipes based on what you've done? So 
I will share recipes with friends, but I haven't done like a recipe book only because I feel like there's so many people like yourself who are doing them way better than me. <laughs> so my whole thing is like, I do the healing recipes. So I'm like, okay, here's a tonic that you can take if you have a sore throat instead of going to get an antibiotic, or here's a smoothie that's for energy, or here's a smoothie that's for rest. So I do all of the tonics and healing juices and smoothies and soups, but I don't do like full bowl recipes only because every time it's a little bit different. But I feel like it's so much easier than people think. So for example, like we were at my in-laws in New Jersey and I was like, let me figure out what I can make from their kitchen. And for a lot of people that might be an easy task for me. I felt like it was a harder task, but I've literally found, you know, some liquid aminos and some um, tahini and some frozen broccoli fried up in a pan. It was delicious. They thought they were eating it like an Asian, you know, high-end restaurant. And it can be that simple. And maybe some salt and pepper. I don't remember. But, like, it can be that easy. Just finding some ingredients and figuring out, like, oh, teriyaki and tahini or liquid aminos and tahini taste really good together. Mm -hmm. You didn't know that. But Mm -hmm. you just throw it together and you see. Or nutritional yeast is my favorite. Secret weapon. Yes. Add it to (laughs) any sauce and it's going to make it taste amazing. And you get, like, a lot of vitamins and nutrients from that. And I know, like, certain sauces might be higher in sugar if you're trying to avoid sugar. All right, do, like, a lower – don't do the teriyaki or something like that. But there's so many good flavors that you can throw together. Even with, like, cilantro or bay leaves or something like that, a little spice goes a long way. So finding out what you have in your cabinet and just going, let me try this coriander flavor and see what it does. (laughs) Do a little bit at a time so you can make sure you don't overwhelm the food. I used to think I can't cook as good as a restaurant, and then I realized that I could. Yeah. No, you definitely can. There's even times where I've gone out to restaurants and I'm like – I can't believe this is restaurant food. I'm like, I could definitely make this at home. Yeah. Well, here's how you know. If you add salt to restaurant food, you know it's not flavorful enough because I believe that you can make food flavorful enough without salt. And all salt does is bring out the flavor, which I'm not anti-salt, great. But if you're at a restaurant and you're adding a ton of salt, you know, they should have done a better job with their flavors. That's just my opinion. Yeah. No, I mean, that's valid. Yeah. Food Heals Nation, if you're enjoying this conversation with Kara and I and you just can't get enough, I invite you to check out her Food Heals VIP Club episode, which is exclusive to VIP Club listeners. Five bucks a month will get you access to her interview and many more at glow.fm slash foodheals. In Kara's VIP episode, we talk about how she went from an Instagrammer to a cookbook author and how to charge what you are worth. And I think that one of the things that we really do deep dive into in the VIP club is kind of the behind the scenes of how someone went from their darkest moment to building their life around it, to really inspire you that no matter where you are, as dark as it's getting, especially during these uncertain times, you will come out of it better than you went into it, if that makes sense. And it may be hard to hear sometimes, but that's really what the VIP club is about. So if you enjoy listening to the Food Heals podcast and you want a little extra every single month, I've got your back. The Food Heals VIP Club at glow.fm slash foodheals will keep your mind occupied well until this quarantine is over. And your five bucks a month really helps support my green juice habit and helps keep this show afloat. So I appreciate your support. It means a lot to me. Now back to our interview with Kara. You are listening to the Food Heals Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. Okay, so tell me about veganism and why plant-based? I feel like if you're someone who's interested in learning to cook, I find that it's the most approachable way to learn. Yeah. And I find that it's the most colorful way for me. It's brought out my creativity. Mm-hmm. I find that I never run out of flavor combinations. I never run out of different types of things to try. Like I'm always learning about something new when Mm -hmm. I go to the farmer's market, like some new vegetable, some new fruit or some new herb that I've never cooked with before. And it is always so inspiring to me. And I, I find that it's the way that I feel best in my body. So briefly you had alluded to that, like everybody has bio-individuality and there are certain types of eating that works for different people. Mm -hmm. And what I have found is that it's, how I feel the best. Like I used to always have 
really bad joint pain. Mm. And I never understood why I had joint pain. Everyone just like blamed it on, oh, you're just tall. It's just growing pains. Well, it turned out like I was just eating way too much cheese. (laughs) And so it wasn't until like I stopped eating cheese when I found plant-based diet that I was like, oh, wow. I used to feel like crap. This is what good feels like. But that was like one of the things that I like did in my eating disorder, like, Mm. you know, dieting days. And it was like even just transitioning to you know, like to soda water or whatever, like getting that out of my diet, my migraines went away. Mm. So like for me, not only did it like help me with that emotional component and that activism component that I mentioned, but a lot of the issues that I was struggling with, like migraines and joint pain went away when I started eating this way. And then also just living in LA, like we have so many great vegan restaurants. It's just like so so fun. We're so spoiled. It's so fun. (laughs) Building on that. I love knowing that It's not using as much water, like better for the environment, obviously not hurting animals and supporting local farmers. I don't know if I would have found farmer's market otherwise had I not gone down this route. And it's like one of my favorite Sunday activities. So there's so many reasons. Oh my gosh, me too. There's so many good farmers. Well, you have a good one in Westwood and I have a good one in Beverly Hills. The one I can walk to is like a dream come true. And it's so fun and you get to meet the people and you feel like you're a part of it. But what I was going to say is that I think everyone comes to it from a different place. For me, it was health first, but a lot of people come from animal activism first, but then they're eating Oreos because it's vegan, but they're not hurting an animal, but then their body is going to suffer. So for me, it was multifactorial, but it took time for me to realize, oh, okay, first of all, it's better for my health. Then I was like, oh, I didn't know anything about the animal activism portion. Then I got educated and I was like, okay, done. Then the environmental component, right? And then little things like you said, like the dairy. Okay, everyone says, oh, I can never give up cheese. Have you tried Miyoko's? And when you give up cheese, like my face cleared up. I haven't had a pimple since I stopped eating dairy products. It has such an effect on your body, especially for me. My body clearly rejects dairy, so it would come out as a skin lesion. Mm. Like, how gross is that? Wow. And not everyone is affected that way, because otherwise, you know, everyone who ate dairy would be affected that way. But different people's bodies react different ways. Like you, you're like, oh, I got rid of my migraines when I gave up Diet Coke, which Diet Coke is super carcinogenic. Like, we know it's bad, but not everyone knows it's bad, but it's cheap. People use it as a dietary thing because it makes you not eat as much, right? Caffeine and all of that. It is finding out what works for your individual body, but because I gave up things one at a time, when I realized, oh, Giving up dairy, never had a pimple again. My skin is clear and fucking beautiful, you know? Mm. Before, I had little swell-ups all of the time, really puffy, and now I don't have that. And it's amazing not to have that. Yeah, so your version of that for me was just the ankle, the knee, like the elbow. The joint yeah. pain was just insane. Ugh. And like literally every doctor I went to, my mom, were like, oh, it's just growing pains. I'm like, I'm 22. Am I going to stop right. growing? <laughs> like, I'm 20. Are you sure I'm still growing? Like this is intense. Okay, yeah. you're 22. And let's talk about someone who's 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Guess what? They say, this is natural. You're getting old. This is just old age. No, if you change your diet, you could be cycling, you could be working out, you could be living a super vibrant, healthy life without any pain. There are people living pain-free once they figure out the perfect diet for them, and very often it includes letting go of things like meat, dairy, yeah. Et and I have even found that I have a lot of people in my life who are not 100% plant-based, who don't really have an interest or I don't think they want to go there, sure. but they've added more into their lives, coming over for dinner, eating more of it. And yeah. then they're like, oh, this is actually good. Like, wow, yeah. I like this. And like my boyfriend loves to cook plant-based. He's like, let's make Brussels sprouts. <laughs> and when we first started dating, he was like, I hate Brussels sprouts. We're never having them like gross. And now he like loves them. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you just need to cook them, right? Put them in the oven, you know, don't right. steam them. Personal preference. <laughs> but it's been really like fun to get to broaden people's like palates or like broaden the types of foods that they're eating and be like, oh, this is vegan. I'm surprised. Or, oh, this is plant-based. I'm surprised. And just seeing that it can be fun and delicious. And then if you end up feeling better and taking care of your health, that's also awesome. Like what a bonus. Yeah. Okay. For me, going back to when I discovered it, it was the physical component that healed my body. But then what was missing at the time was I did all the physical stuff, but I didn't heal the emotional stuff yet. And you said the same thing when it came to your eating disorder. If someone is listening right now and they're like, I know, know that I have 
disordered eating, whether I'm binging, whether I'm purging, whether I'm doing both, whether I'm restricting, whether I'm overeating, it doesn't matter what it is. The truth is it comes back to the same thing. It is a feeling of trying to control what we cannot control, trying not to think avoidance of a feeling, trying not to feel a feeling. So for me, emotionally, I had to realize, oh my God, there are so many things I have to do to heal my emotions. So what would you recommend that someone starts with? Besides like, okay, change your diet, go plant-based, buy the cookbook, <laughs> buy Kara's cookbook. But what emotionally would you recommend or spiritually? Mm. Well, based on my own experience, I'll speak to that. Yeah. It was first admitting that there was more work to do. Because I think for the longest time, I like hopped from like diet to diet yeah. to try to like figure out the food thing. Of course. So it wasn't until I was really willing to be like, I actually have a lot of other work to do here. Yeah. And for me, that looked like personal development work. And I went to Landmark. Have you heard of Landmark? Yeah. Yeah. So I did the Landmark Forum. and that, Tell our listeners a little bit about it. It's hit or miss. You either love it or you hate it. So I just know. like heads up, if you Google it. Brace yourself. It's kind of like my grad school, which is the school of learning to love yourself. And then some people are like, it's a cult. And you're like, well, it has cult-like features. But it really is truly about like learning to love yourself and love others and forgiveness. There's some things to it that I don't love. Yeah. There are definitely some That's things okay. that I don't love or that I wish were different. Sometimes those of us who have done it will say like Landmark needs to do Landmark. And, <laughs> and it radically changed my life. Mm -hmm. Like the stuff that I learned in there really supported me in forgiving my parents. That was a big one. It helped me have compassion for them to see that they were doing the best, the best that, they that they could. could. Yeah. It's so similar to my grad school. It's like the same thing. <laughs> yeah. If you go to your grad school or you do this or whatever, you find a coach, wherever the it's avenue a is. A lot of forgiveness. Forgiveness and acceptance. You know, I had a point where I'd ask my parents, Hey, I have an eating disorder. I want to go to rehab. And they both were like, all girls worry about their weight. You'll be fine. Mm. So I had a lot of anger and resentment that yeah. I struggled for like four more years because they are neglectful. Like gotcha. this whole story. Yeah. And while sure, they did tell me that I'd be okay, I also get that they had a lot going on in their lives, right? Like I was able to see that they were doing the best that they could at that time in sure. their lives. So yeah. that helped me a lot. It also really helped me to stop seeking so much external validation. Oh, that's such a good point. And then also realizing that like I could be the creator of my life, that yeah. I didn't have to follow the rules or go down this path that I was supposed to go down yeah. or that it was okay if I wasn't like married with kids and had a picket fence yet. Right. Like all of these things that I was basing my self-worth on attachment a, to, a, attachment to yeah. I like found some sense of inner peace. Now evolving out of that, I had mentioned I go to women's retreats. Most of these have been deeply spiritual. Mm. So like, you know, the Palo Santo, the sage, the breath work, the kundalini, I the ecstatic dance, of <laughs> the singing bowls, <laughs> the mirror work, the transformational life coaching. So you're like me. I do these too. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Last year, 2018, I think I went to Peru and drank ayahuasca Ooh. and have been working with plant medicine since then. So mm -hmm. I feel like once I got a taste of, oh, there's all these tools and healing modalities to right. like deal with like all of the darkness inside that mm -hmm. I felt was in there that, you know, that was like arising within me because of life experiences. Ultimately, like life is still stressful. There's still things that happen. It's just, I'm so much more equipped to deal with them. Yeah, yeah. And like when I am having those anxiety ridden moments or I'm stressed or I'm sad, or I'm even dealing with burnout from work or whatever it is, I'm just more equipped. Mm -hmm. So like, I'm not going back to my eating disorder anymore. I'm not binge drinking. I'm not sleeping around. Like these were all like, I'm, Those are all addictive patterns of behavior as well. Yeah. It's not like my life is perfect and that I don't experience difficulties. I've just learned skills now mm -hmm. on how to process and how to manage. Yeah. And wherever you find that, whether it's like in therapy or through podcasts or personal, like wherever you find it, there's no wrong way. It's just the way that works for you. And for me, it was, yeah, like life coaching, spirituality, personal development. Okay. Well, we have so much in common. However, mm -hmm. I have not done plant medicine ayahuasca yet. I was wondering if you would share a little bit about your experience with that. Yeah. So growing up in LA, my like introduction to ayahuasca was very similar to like how I heard about Burning Man. It was like all these people were talking about it mm -hmm. and they were like, have you done it? You should come, you have to do it. And I went to Burning Man before I did ayahuasca, but I always knew it was something that I wanted to do. I just like hadn't had that feeling inside of me of like, it's time to do it okay. for whatever reason. Yeah. I had been invited several times over the years and then a year and a half ago, 2018, this opportunity arose mm -hmm. with these group of women that I met through my life coach, Brandilyn Tebow. Mm -hmm. She hosts women's retreats. And I was in a program with her. I was 
cooking at her retreats, uh, the chef at her retreats. And I met all of these amazing women in one of her 10 month long programs. Mm -hmm. And the person she was co-leading the retreat, that program with was like, Hey, I'm hosting a retreat in Peru with ayahuasca. So all of us girls were like, Oh, we're going. And so when that opportunity arose, I was like, Oh, that's the opportunity. That's the one. Yeah. Like I just knew it. Like, oh, I have to go. Like, mm-hmm. I just knew I had to be there. I have to figure it out. I have to make it work. And we ended up sitting with the Shipibo tradition, the Shipibo tribe in Ayahuasca, like traditional setting, like in a maloca. They're singing Icaros, which are the sacred medicine songs. And they're smoking mapacho, which is sacred tobacco, which is supposed to like clear the energies and the mm-hmm. spirits. And it was me and like 10 of my closest girlfriends. Wow. It was difficult. Like drinking ayahuasca is not like fun. <laughs> You're not it's like not a girl's sex in the city girls trip. <laughs> no, like definitely not. Like don't get it twisted. It is like yeah. serious work. It's shadow work. And one of the things that my teacher Jane, the co-leader of the retreat had said was that ayahuasca shows you what's already there mm-hmm. so that you can look at it, face it, head face on. it head on, mm-hmm. heal it, transform it, do whatever mm-hmm. it is that you need to do. Yeah. And what was really interesting for me was that my first ceremony was just me crying about my family Mm. and crying about my loss of family. And I'm going to get emotional. It's okay. And what was interesting about all of that is that I was like, I thought I dealt with this. I thought I healed this. I thought I healed this. And what I realized was that I had definitely healed a lot of it, Mm -hmm. but I hadn't ever actually let myself be sad about it. Oh, yeah about the fact that my parents like still don't talk Mm. to each other, you know, like separate holidays, all of these things. And, and so I just like bawled my bloody eyes out (laughs) and it wasn't this sweet, peaceful cry that I have going on right now. It It was was like, it was like an ugly cry, like (laughs) convulsing, like, like catching my breath, like just like ugly, messy cry. So healing to let that out. Right. Yeah. And it was also like, wow, I didn't know that was in there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it was like, I went in there being like, give me whatever I need to be a businesswoman. You know? Like, <laughs> this is so me. Okay. <laughs> give me what I need so I can, you know, grow my business. Like I went, like, I'm pretty sure that that's like what I went in there for. Yeah. Right. Like help me write amazing content. <laughs> and little did I know I was like going in there to like, really just like grieve some grieve what yes. I felt was like a loss in my life oh. that I had never gave myself permission to cry over. Yeah. I didn't even know that I had crying to do. Yeah. And then we had two other ceremonies, you know, there was three total Total over four days. But that was like the big breakthrough for me was just like, wow, like I brush over stuff. Mm-hmm. Wow. I don't really let myself be sad. Mm-hmm. Like well, I'm we bury like, a lot. Yeah. It was eye opening to say the least of being like, wow, I like really get how much I just like pull up my bootstraps and tough through stuff. Yeah. Like be the strong, independent one. Totally. And I was like a messy goob mess. <laughs> and you had permission to do that. I love that. Surrounded by like amazing girlfriends too. Like yeah. it was such an incredible fun trip. So yeah, and I haven't done it yet. And I'm sure when I do, I will share the journey with Food Heals Nation. But I think it is so important to be around people that you feel supported by. And sometimes it's a group that you don't know. And sometimes like what you did is a group that you do know. But making sure that when you go into it, you feel the love and support and you don't feel like you're with a bunch of strangers and you cannot let go. I know for me, like my grad school is similar to Landmark was like, we got to know each other so well that we created a safe space to be completely vulnerable and to absolutely let it out. Now, we never did plant medicine ceremony, so I think that's the next step for me to go, all right, just like you, you're like, I've healed this. I've healed all my parent shit. Even though I've done so much work for so long, I think that would take me to the next level. So I'm interested in trying it. So thank you for sharing you yeah. know, your experience with us. Yeah. I'm almost ready to go again. I'm almost ready to like uh-huh. sit again. Um, and then you can work on the business. <laughs> <laughs> or who knows? But I feel like you're right. Like there's always work to do. Yeah. Like you can be a work in progress. And I don't know if perfectly healed exists. I think it's an it's, ongoing. It's yeah. an ongoing process. Life's a journey, not a destination. Exactly. <laughs> and like while some of it can be scary and confronting, I like love to engage in it, even Mm -hmm. if it is confronting, even if it is challenging, you know? And the one thing I will say about, like, ayahuasca is because it is so, like, trendy Mm -hmm. and popular is to just have awareness and do your research so that you're sitting in a safe space, that you're honoring the tradition, because it is a sacred medicine Mm -hmm. to people in South America. So to honor the tradition and to 
drink it in a ceremonial space and to do your research because there are a lot of scary stories of right. like of people going down to the Amazon and bad stuff happening. So well, like do your it's research. Laced with the wrong stuff, like it's not legit. So it's like go somewhere that is trusted by a friend or something like that. Do your research, just like yeah. you said. Do it safe. Like we're talking about this because we want to let people know that this opportunity exists. But I'm not saying go to this place or don't go to this place. Like find what works for you. Do your research. Do your homework. So, Kara, shameless self-promotion time. We mm. talked about the book. We talked about the Instagram. But where can everyone follow you, stalk you, find you online, buy the book, give your beautiful plant lady necklace? Like, tell us all the things. <laughs> yes. I love this necklace. I found it through Lee from America online. So cute. Um, yeah. So, Instagram is at Kara's Kitchen. Kara with a C, kitchen with a K. Website, same thing, net. although I think my dad has a gift bought.com, so I think it forwards to .net. <laughs> um, and Vegan Bootables, wherever books are sold, Barnes & Noble, Target, Amazon, and then my podcast is Love Your Bod Pod. And Love Your Bod Pod. Love Your so Bod Pod. Cute. I did an Instagram poll of like five or six names that I yeah. was thinking, hands down, Love Your Bod Pod, like took the cake. It's perfect. Yeah. And it's all about intuitive eating and female empowerment and body positivity and health at every size and healing your relationship with food. And, and yeah. food freedom. And that, food freedom. The funny thing is, is like you came on the show and I read your bio and it was all about food freedom. I was like, that's the name of my course. This is definitely meant to be. <laughs> <laughs> food freedom is where it's at. Like eating can be fun and easy and joyful and creative and it doesn't have to be stressful thanks so much for being here thank you so much who else wants a free fresh bottle of olive oil shipped straight to their door let me back up the first time i went to italy i finally tasted real olive oil for the first time it's not that i had never had olive oil before of course in the states but the difference was i was having olive oil made fresh from olives that were growing on the property in Ravello off the Amalfi Coast. It was an experience I will never forget and I ended up shipping like six bottles of it home because I couldn't bear to go back to store-bought processed olive oil. Well, the same thing happened to TJ Robinson. He's also known as the olive oil hunter. He learned that olive oil packs the most flavor and the healthiest nutrients when it's fresh from the farm. And that's the problem with your typical like supermarket olive oil the olive oil is not fresh. They can sit on the shelf for months, years, growing stale. And that's why I'm so excited that I now get my olive oil direct from small award-winning farms. Thanks to TJ, who I just did an olive oil tasting with, which was so fun. I absolutely fell in love with their vibrant, fresh, grassy flavors. They're totally delicious. They're great on veggies, pasta, salad, you name it. And TJ has his fresh pressed olive oil club and food heals nation he will send you a full-size bottle worth 39 dollars of one of the world's finest most artisanal olive oils fresh from the latest harvest but he's only going to charge you one dollar to help cover shipping there's no commitment to buy anything now or ever it's his gift to food heals nation so you can get your free 39 dollar bottle for just one dollar shipping taste the difference taste the freshness you can go to get fresh 323.com. That's getfresh323.com. You'll get your free bottle and you'll pay $1 for shipping. Getfresh323.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Much. Food Heals Nation, if you can relate to Kara's story, you are not alone. At least 30 million people in the United States suffer from an eating disorder. And in fact, a recent study showed that 94% of teenage girls and 64% of boys reported being body shamed. And what I've seen from working with my clients and getting your direct messages and getting your emails is that so many of us are just fed up with feeding our feelings with food. We are sick of body shaming ourselves and we are done looking in the mirror and not loving what we see. And 
I think that we have the power to change it. So if you feel like you've been a yo-yo dieter for most of your life, if you feel that shame when you look in the mirror, if you found yourself using food as a reward and you're like, I have tried everything to lose weight and it is not working, and you're just in this cycle of shame around the body and around your body and around the food that you eat, I want to help. You are absolutely not alone. I've shared my story on this show many times growing up, not feeling good enough, not feeling worthy if I wasn't feeling beautiful, binging on food to avoid my feelings, food as comfort, food as reward, food for soothing stress, avoiding depression, helping me overcome breakups, you get it, looking in the mirror and telling myself I wasn't good enough, wasn't pretty enough, wasn't lovable enough. It wasn't until I discovered the tools to heal myself emotionally and spiritually that everything changed. It wasn't about the sit-ups. It wasn't about the running. It wasn't about the push-ups, right? It was about the emotional and spiritual healing that had to happen. That's when I finally lost the last 10 pounds. That's when I stopped comforting myself with food. I stopped abusing my body with sugar. I finally became confident in the woman that I am today. And this transformation was radical for me. And so I share the tools with you that I used to get you started on the path to what I call food freedom. So you can take the free course right now, Five Steps to Food Freedom, at freeweightlosscourse.com and you'll be well on your way to that emotional freedom and to total food freedom. And I know a lot of people are suffering even more right now. We're joking about the COVID-15, like the freshman 15. A lot of us are putting it on and look, there's no judgment. But if you have a little extra time right now, why not invest in yourself and invest in your health and start getting healthy today? I've got your back. So join me over there at freeweightlosscourse.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put down the Ben and Jerry's, get off the couch, and take a walk outside. If you experience any of these symptoms, tell your Facebook friends immediately. (laughs) 